WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Congressman Tim Wahlberg is in favor of the debt ceiling bill being considered by the U.S. House tonight. He told us ahead of the vote it was the largest debt reduction bill in the history of the country after the Biden administration spent months refusing to negotiate. No other plan was put in place, and ultimately 90 percent of what we were asking for we got. And I think that's a win for the taxpayer of this country. It's a win for the future taxpayers of this country as well. Wahlberg said of key importance are the work requirements for those receiving federal aid. The package also limits spending growth and claws back millions in COVID funding awarded to local governments that hasn't been spent. What about those conservatives who say the package doesn't go far enough? I get where they're coming from. I'd like it to be a perfect bill and do everything that we need to do at this time. But in a congressional situation, legislative process, perfection doesn't happen. And so you start with your best bill, which we did with the Limit Save Grow Act. We move that forward. Wahlberg says that the new deal reigns in the executive branch by requiring it to identify funding sources for new programs and also stops student loan payments from being suspended. He calls it a major step forward, a good proposal, and a starting point. Meanwhile, will Berrien County lose out on any of the nearly $30 million in federal COVID funds that it received now that Congress could be clawing back unused COVID funds as part of the debt ceiling deal? Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette tells us the Board of Commissioners took steps in May to prevent that from happening by locking in more than $15 million in building and maintenance projects. We feel confident that our projects are set and will be funded with the, uh, the ARPA funds that we received. But knowing that there was this potential clawback out on the horizon, we were thrilled that our Board of Commissioners were willing to adopt recent resolutions that just further commit the use of the ARPA funds towards deferred maintenance projects. DeSette said the county has had an abundance of documentation of how it planned to use the federal money. We've got a a high degree of confidence that we won't face any type of of clawback from uh, the federal government as part of that debt ceiling negotiation. The county board worked for the construction firm to prioritize needed projects and get bid packages put together quickly before the federal government started moving on the clawback. Deset raised the issue with them last month while the commission considered how to approach a backlog of needed work. He notes with the bidding climate difficult right now, a lot of that work still won't start until for at least a year. Former Hartford Police Chief Tressa Beltran is facing several drug charges as a result of her conduct as chief. The 57-year-old Beltran has been charged with eight felony counts and one misdemeanor. The charges were filed in the 7th District Court in Pawpaw this week. It's alleged that as chief, Beltran sold controlled substances, stole controlled substances, used her influence to extort others to provide her with controlled substances, illegally possessed several different types of controlled substances, and committed embezzlement. Among the charges are counts of delivery or possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance, using a computer to commit a crime, extortion, embezzlement, misconduct in office, larceny, and more. She resigned from the Hartford Police Department in January amid an investigation into missing pills from the drug disposal box at the police station. Michigan Works is taking applications from those between the ages of 16 and 24 who want to work for the Michigan Department of Transportation this summer. Connexus Chief Marketing Officer Mary Morphy tells us the Youth Development Mentoring Program will hire 40 young people to do manual labor. They're going to be paid for ground maintenance, the park and rides throughout those areas. They have upkeep there. I'm sure doing various projects, keep those places looking nice, and then more. There's a lot of other items that are just on and that they'll be helping MDOT with. 
Morphy says the program is open to anyone between 16 and 24 who's enrolled in high school, a GED program, college, or who has a high school diploma, GED, or degree. They'll work 40 hours per week through September, earning between $15.50 and $21.50 an hour. Morphy says it's a good opportunity to get some mentoring and learn about jobs in the transportation field. The deadline to apply is June 19th, and we'll have a link to the application page at our website. The trial of a Buchanan attorney accused of sexual assault will be in July. 54-year-old Lanny Fisher was arraigned in April on nine counts of criminal sexual conduct. He's accused of forcing women to have sex with him rather than pay legal fees. The accusations go back to 2010 and continue to 2022. He was in court for a pre-exam conference last week before Van Buren County Judge Michael McKay, who is presiding over the case due to Berrien County judges recusing themselves. Judge McKay adjourned the conference, and it was then moved to July 26th. Fisher's preliminary hearing is set for August 1st. He's charged with nine counts of third-degree criminal sexual conduct, one count of fourth-degree CSC, and four counts related to prostitution. Architectural History will be on tour on Saturday, June 24th at the Dwajak Home and Garden Tour. Hosted by the City's Chamber of Commerce, the tour will feature six homes and one downtown upper apartment. The Chamber's Eileen Krauss tells us the city has a rich agricultural history thanks to companies like the Round Oak Stove Company, which was founded in the late 1800s. So because of that, Dwajak has quite a few historic homes that were built by famous architects and famous builders. Many of those homes stand today in largely original condition. So although you might think of Dwajak more as a small tourist town, it was once a hub of industry, and consequently we have some tremendous examples of different housing styles. The tour will be self-guided, and it takes place from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the 24th. Advanced tickets can be found at dwajakchamber.com. And a Pride event is being planned in Buchanan for this month. Buchanan Area Senior Center Director Adam Burke tells us the Center's Pride Committee is organizing the gathering. The committee came together after the center organized a social program for LGBTQ seniors in response to COVID. There was a lot of isolation, and studies were showing that it was more severe for the LGBTQ community. So we uh, decided to start a monthly social for people to get together and develop a network of friends and not be so isolated. Burke says those social gatherings have been a hit. Out of that came the first Pride event to be held at the Common in Buchanan on a Sunday, June 25th from 5 to 10 p.m., he says they want to celebrate many achievements for the LGBTQ community, some of them local to Buchanan. 2019, the city added protections for the LGBTQ community to the civil rights ordinance in Buchanan. They also want to celebrate the expansion of Michigan's civil rights law this year. The Pride event will feature live music in the common, a DJ, drinks, and food. Local businesses will also be set up with activities, and everyone's invited to bring a blanket or a lawn chair to celebrate the spirit of pride. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's confident the debt ceiling bill will pass the House tonight, despite a growing list of Republicans who say they won't vote for it. ABC's Lindsay Watts has more from Washington. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy continues to tout the debt ceiling deal as a win for Republicans. There's been fierce criticism on the far right of the party that the deal doesn't sufficiently cut federal spending. At least 32 House Republicans have said they'll vote no. Here's McCarthy. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. But on history, I'd want to be here with this bill today. 
McCarthy can stand to lose over 100 Republican votes, but then would need support from Democrats, some of whom have also been critical of the bill. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, a Republican attempt to expand work requirements for federal food aid and debt legislation moving through Congress would increase federal spending by $2.1 billion over 10 years. That's far from the cuts that GOP lawmakers had envisioned. A compromise on the food aid requirements between House Republicans and President Joe Biden as the nation nears a disastrous government default appears to have backfired for GOP lawmakers. They won the new work requirements in the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program for some able-bodied recipients. They did it in exchange for dropping work requirements for some more vulnerable recipients like veterans and homeless people. Former Vice President Mike Pence is expected to announce next week he's running for president in 2024. ABC's Alex Prashea has more. He's arguably the biggest name to enter this race. It's not either Trump or DeSantis, but DeSantis tried to make this a two-person race. He's positioned this race that way to donors. It's been successful for him the last few months. Well, with the former vice president now entering, it changes that calculation. It changes the shaping there. And so I think that uh, certainly the former vice president has his own challenges being a part of that Trump administration, which will certainly resonate with some of the evangelicals here in Iowa, his principles and his policies. Meanwhile, 10 months before Donald Trump is scheduled to stand trial in his New York criminal case, Manhattan prosecutors are in a tug of war with the former president's legal team over exactly where he'll be tried. Trump's lawyers are angling to have the hush money case moved to federal court, while the Manhattan District Attorney's Office said in court papers this week it should remain in state court where it began. Ultimately, a federal judge in Manhattan will have to decide whether to seize control of the case or keep it in state court. That will likely come after a June 27th hearing on the issue. Ukraine is denying involvement, but Russia is accusing Ukraine of being behind recent drone strikes reported on a Moscow apartment building. More from ABC's Karen Travers. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the U.S. does not have any specific information that indicates who is responsible for the recent drone strike in Moscow. Kirby said the U.S. would not go out and investigate it. Asked to clarify the Biden administration's position on Ukraine launching strikes inside Russia, Kirby said. We have been very clear with the Ukrainians privately. We've certainly been clear publicly uh, that we do not support attacks inside Russia and we do not enable and we do not encourage uh, attacks inside Russia. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. A group of corporate Amazon workers upset about the company's environmental impact, recent layoffs and a return to office mandate is planning a walkout at the company's Seattle headquarters. The lunchtime protest comes a week after the company's annual shareholder meeting and a month after a policy took effect requiring workers to return to the office three days per week. Amazon employees for climate justice said as of this morning, more than 1,900 employees had pledged to walk out around the world with about 900 in Seattle. The company said in a statement it respects its employees' quotes right to express their opinions. Amazon has cut 27,000 jobs since November. Ron DeSantis kicked off his first campaign tour as a presidential candidate last night in Iowa by making his sharpest attacks yet on Donald Trump. More if maybe he's Jonathan Carl. At first, Ron DeSantis's criticism of Trump was subtle, suggesting the former president was more about building his brand than leading. But when asked whether he was going to start responding to Trump's criticism, DeSantis hit back. He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. He portrayed Trump as not being a true conservative, spending too much and failing to control the border. Some of the criticism was personal. DeSantis seemed hurt that Trump had not yet congratulated him for his big re-election victory last year. A new study says Earth has pushed past seven out of eight scientifically established safety limits and into the danger zone. 
not just for an overheating planet that's losing its natural resources, but for well-being of the people living on it. The study published today looks not just at guardrails for planetary ecosystem, but for the first time it includes a measure of justice, which is mostly about preventing harm for groups of people. The study looks at climate, air pollution, phosphorus contamination, nitrogen pollution, groundwater supplies, fresh surface water, the unbuilt natural environment, and the overall natural and human-built environment. And among a raft of bills signed into law in Texas this week is one that bans race-based hair discrimination. More from ABC's Jim Ryan. In 2020, Houston-area high school student DeAndre Arnold was told he couldn't walk the stage to accept his diploma because his long dreadlocks did not meet the school's hair code. His story inspired the Crown Act, or Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. 21 states have passed it. Now his native Texas has as well. After all this time, to get what we've been fighting for is huge. Arnold is out of school now, but learned a powerful lesson thanks to his hair. No matter what you think the odds are, fight for what you believe. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.